guys, welcome to the 11th episode of the Edgy Podcast. It's been a long time since I've recorded my last podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I've released only one podcast in April. And that is because I've been crazy busy with some weddings in my house and uh, some, some other stuff. And which is why I am taking a hell lot of time to just get back to work. I know that this is not just happening to me. A lot of you must have been going through this or have gone through it like at least once once in a while um which is why i came up with this topic um so uh, before i dive into what this topic really is about and uh, who's going to speak on it let's just talk a bit about why i am so curious and so eager to do this topic because i just got back from my friend's wedding yesterday i have been given unpacked properly and i'm recording this podcast because that's how important it is to me so i've been seeing a lot of people talking on social media about how difficult it is to get back to work after you come back from holidays or even even if you just go on a short trip for like 3 days or 4 days or if you're just having a great time in your personal life and now you have to really get back to work you just find it very difficult because i am finding it absolutely difficult to get back into that really serious mode of work so even if i am back to work kind of when i'm recording this podcast um i'm still having a hard time to really get into that hardcore productivity zone and i think the productivity really goes down in those a uh, couple of weeks when you get back from a trip you know and so i thought ki theek hai because there are a lot of people and i'm not alone who is going through this thing why not try to find a solution for this problem so i read a couple of blogs online but honestly i just found repetitive stuff or something that is too generic um and i didn't find it to be very useful and that is when i i thought of a friend of mine so uh, who has been into coaching and consulting um into executive life coaching we are going to talk more about that later so i decided that why don't i record a podcast on this topic with him so that everybody is going through this thing or um, uh, you know just just one thing a recording where you would have answers to all your questions and you can listen to it and it won't be as generic like reading a blo- reading a blog or as boring so here i am and uh, so now before um we talk about m- more about yeah executive life coaching let me tell you the topic for today and that is three techniques to increase productivity after holidays okay it took me a lot of time to come up with that topic so i wanted to say it <laughs> right so the guest speaker for today is um, not a layman let me just clarify that for you because this topic i understand is very important and when we are talking about sharing important stuff with a lot of people out there we cannot just go out and share generic info because that is the last thing that we want to do here today so i have shreyas koshik with us today he is a friend i found him on twitter <laughs> again <laughs> and he has been into executive life coaching since years now he's a certified coach and trainer so i think he is the best person to talk with us about this matter and he will explain to us what really is executive life coaching and why is this so um, things so difficult to be, just get back to your work after a holiday even when you love your work even when you love what you do okay so now i'll stop blabbering and i'll let shreya speak hi shreya how are you hey manchi thank you for being so generous with the introduction <laughs> it's it's really a pleasure to be here and having this conversation with you um so i'm just assuming from the lot of um, the pent up uh, emotion since that i sensed in your voice and it's only fair to assume that most of our audience 
we'll also be having the same doubts as to how effective is it to return back to work after holidays and how to just go about it and make the process smooth. Um, so yes, I'm very much excited to share a few tips in and around that particular process so that you and our audience kind of feel it um, is really easy to get back with having certain things in mind. So it's all about you know, building that process step by step. So don't rush into it. So the first thing that I want to really state is that misconception that people have with the vision of returning to the office after vacation and the reality has very little in common. So that is why you notice that frustration, that um, eagerness to check out your mails even while on vacation mode, then there are people who constantly worry about the number of emails that is in their inbox and so on and so forth. And it just starts you know, kind of uh, building its way up and you start feeling the pent up emotion. So before I start, I'd like to just share a quote that I've kind of felt inspired from, which is from Julie Morgenstern, who states that you've got to set yourself so that there's minimum pileup while you're gone. So set yourself up for minimum pileup while you're gone. And the tips that I will be sharing right now will essentially help you have this process in mind, start building up because it's not a one day done affair or one time vacation done affair. It is a process. So it will take time and feel free to experiment because this is not an exhaustive list that I will be sharing. So the first thing, as I already mentioned, was to actively plan for your return. So just the same way you actively plan your rotation, I want you to actively plan for your return as well because this is probably the single most reason why people feel frustrated right after they come uh, from a vacation because they're totally unplanned for what lies ahead. So when I say actively plan, what I mean to say is this thing of maximizing the vacation that usually tends to be destructive. So rather than maximizing your vacation till Sunday night, just cut down one day. So plan your vacation Saturday night so that you have Sunday for your downtime, so that you are relaxed, you feel set, you have things at hand, you're in a familiar surrounding, which is your home, and you get a good night's sleep in your own bed. Because let me stress you how important this is because I have been a traveler for almost four months now, constantly on the travel, but there is no comfort than having the sleep in your own bed. So consider coming back on a Saturday instead of a Sunday so that you have proper time to unpack. Just like you mentioned, Imanshi, you have not unpacked at all. So this is one tip which really works very well in ensuring that you're ready for that Monday and you can attack it with full potential. And the second thing is, this usually happens in a medical profession, which is called the triage. So factor in some triage where you don't walk back into the office without a plan of attack. Unless if you want to get steamrolled and hit by this huge uh, backlog of emails and wishes and whatnot, have a plan of attack. So the tendency is you try to make up for all the meetings you have lost because you want to kind of catch up and you want to show your just, you know, on the task and you want to hit it straight away, but as much as possible, try to push that towards your second day 
or perhaps even late in the afternoon where you have had time to kind of acclimatize back to your surrounding. It might be work from home, it might be work from office, or it can be hybrid. It doesn't matter, but just try to push it out later in the day so that you have enough time to actually acknowledge your presence first, and then you try to build one step at a time. So there is this transition time, so you can have that time off to kind of catch up with people, make acquaintances if there are any new additions to your team, or you can catch up with what is happening in and around your surroundings, and you have time to acclimatize. So factor in this triage so that you have some time blocked at least for a day, if that is impossible, at least figure it some time so that you push off all those meetings towards the second half of the day. And perhaps one of the most um, least used uh, technique is to kind of maximize your out-of-office response. This is something which I have personally worked on for the last six months, and it has been very, very effective where nothing else has worked for me. So this is something which has to be very straightforward and if you are a service-based person it has to be helpful it has to be honest and it has to be precise and don't try to be too honest you know with drafting these responses so you all you need to do is be helpful let it be straightforward give out necessary information and that's it so out of office message directed at external parties can have directions to whom to contact when in emergency so that will remove bulk of your emails and bulk of your phone calls then you can also be uh, sharing information as to who will be your replacement because in most companies when you're traveling you most likely you're having a replacement so please include the details of who is your replacement and you can also let a person know who is your alternate contact so that they can reach out to them they can get a word and eventually you can just limit yourself to be accessible to a handful of people who you know that they can handle any emergency that comes to you. So this kind of sorts out the bulk volume problem, you know, bulk of emails, phone calls, messages, and whatnot. And you're most likely to uh, see that when you've written, the things have gone past smoothly and you have very little to catch up. So this is perhaps one of the most uh, or one of the least used protective act, but that works very effectively, especially if you're working in a senior position or you're a service-based person, you have a lot of clients to deal with, or you have uh, reportees under you. So you might want to use this um, as a key technique. So amongst the three that I've shared so far, this will definitely go on to top. Well, this is for someone like me who feels very brave at times, like I want a good change or I want, uh, you know, some kind of an adventure on returning back. So I just, um, you know, kind of skip the days of waiting through emails and I just completely destroy my inbox. You know, I just go click mass delete and that is it. If there is any important information, it will come back again, like as a follow-up email or something. And that is because I feel kind of, very well assured that most of the tasks that are supposed to be attended are attended well in advance. So that is why I use this technique, but this is something which um, is kind of a quick hack, you know, especially you've come from a vacation after a very long time and you don't want to be you know, going through all these emails and feel yourself overwhelmed. So this is a good hack to just completely, you know, get back on track without losing an entire day to email meetings. Just click that delete and if there is an important 
um, uh, things that has to come back to you, you will get a follow-up email. All right. So now, Shreyas, that is a lot of information to process for me. I'm sure it'll be for, for people who are listening to us right now also. Um, so I'll begin with one of uh, my favorite things that, that just happened that I could be used as a bad example of how you should not do your planning, how you should not plan your vacation. And guys, um, that is absolutely right. Just don't ever, anyways, I don't really plan stuff. And that is a very bad thing. And don't do things as I do. So always take a day or two after you get back from your holidays to bounce back into work. Never, never make it like, okay, you're coming back from holidays right now and tomorrow, like within six hours or seven hours or 10 hours or five hours, you have to bounce back right into work or right into mails because that is going to exhaust you even further and uh, you're going to become even more irritated. And just, so just take some good amount of time to relax, to take a night's sleep, or maybe take two days to unwind, and then uh, try to get into work slowly and steadily. Don't just do things how you know I did it. That is that is a very fine example. Um, okay, so now a few things that I really like that you talked about here, Shreyas. I've been ma making some notes here. So guys, if you're not making notes, please make notes because this is this is so much of information that you would need to make notes in order to process it or in order to really understand it. Um, in case you want to, in case you don't want to come back to my podcast again and again, I mean, I don't have any issue with that as well. <laughs> okay. So now, as you said that you need, you need to create a process. You cannot always think that, okay, if I do this particular thing or that particular thing, then my problem would be solved for life. So I think instead of looking at coaching or, or these things as, as a one-time solution, these are maybe a pile up or a combination of habits that we need to inculcate in our daily life so that we create a sort of process and then eventually our lives become easier. So that is one thing that creating a process is important and taking care of little, little things and taking care of taking help from professionals like you, yourself uh, is something that is going to help us uh, in the longer run um, if you're really serious about making a change about this. Okay, so now as you said that... Uh, Actively plan your return. So that is the first point that we talked about. So we always spend a lot of time planning the vacation, which is so true. Um, I did that too. I planned a lot about what am I going to wear in my best friend's wedding and this and that. But I didn't decide that what exactly am, am I going to do after I come back from the vacation. So I just slept entire day yesterday and then I didn't even unpack properly. And today I'm here recording this podcast. So the entire day today I was trying to make notes for this podcast and do some research. So that was kind of uh, heavy, heavy on me because then there are some other things also that I was trying to take care of simultaneously. But I don't, I, I don't think that is the most healthy way of doing things. So actively planning your return, that is absolutely important. Creating a process is absolutely important. And as you said, don't maximize vacation. That is, uh, I think that's the best way to put it. I've never been able to put it that way. But um, don't have that maybe hippie kind of mindset that, okay, it's fine, whatever's going to happen, we're going to see it because they and then it's like really sad <laughs> and troublesome. Okay. Um, now, as you also talked about transition time, you know, instead of getting back um, into work and straight away diving into the most uh, heavy, heavy load work, probably it's, it's going to be even more, more uh, awful for you. Instead, take some time to, as I said, you know, 
nor get normalized with with your daily work routine and take things easy and then maybe try and get your colleagues or get your emails and as i said set up your email so all of these things are little little things but they bring a huge difference collectively um and i think that is that is how things are meant to be instead of just looking at okay you do one thing or you do the other thing and it is sorted um because i don't think that is a long term solution um so these are the few things that i really love now i have one question for you before we dive uh, deeper into the topic so uh shreyas tell me what is the difference between executive life coaching and uh, therapy first can you really explain to us what is executive life coaching because a lot of people don't really understand the term i mean i did not understand it the first time i heard it from you so let's just talk a bit about that first definitely and thank you for bringing this question because one thing that um, i kind of am trying to tackle through my content is to clearly distinguish between the various roles like coaching therapy consultancy mentoring and even friendship for that matter so this is this is very key to understanding thanks for bringing it here on your podcast so first of all executive life coaching is kind of a new niche which i kind of came about combining two different things one is executive coaching second is life coaching so i kind of merged both and call myself executive life coach because i often felt that these two things always had a synergistic relationship so in order to maximize the potential for a client and it was very imperative that they worked on both their career aspects as well as the considerable impact on their personal life because truth be told life happens on an everyday basis pandemic happened which no one could ever imagine happening and there was an immediate a uh, threat towards career immediate threat towards life so these two things couldn't be viewed separately so what i thought was to bring out certain programs where i help my clients understand both these aspects and help them correlate so that in the long run they find the benefits and they're able to take over both their career as well as their personal life on the same level which in turn ensures you're working towards your work life balance so that is in short what executive life coaching means now come to your second question about the differences the main difference that i always talk about is that as a coach i, I do not advise i do not suggest things so it's not from me so that the relationship goes on it's actually the client who leads me to take forward the relationship whereas in a therapy it is mostly dependent on the therapist who is probably who should be licensed not probably who is licensed and at the same time is the psychologist as well whereas a coach is not uh, someone who has to be licensed by law but i am licensed i am certified because i want to ensure there is quality coming out of me and that there is a certain kind of uh, procedures and certain ethics and re- regulations that i follow so that the client is having a safe space to share and get the results they desire so the key difference i do not advise i do not suggest i am not the driver in this particular relationship the client does 99% of the work and the 1% i'm there just to reflect what is being said help them with awareness and then make them follow certain activities make them do certain things so that they have that accountability and the awareness to do certain things which will in turn give them the results 
And the next biggest difference is more or less therapy is oriented towards clinical treatment. So it is usually diagnosed by medical professional. It requires a considerable amount of study, whereas a coach is kind of an expert generalist. I do not have any one particular client base that I can deal with. I can deal with clients who are senior executives. I can deal with clients who are doctors. I can deal with clients who are students. So my client base is far and wide, but I have chosen to niche down to senior executives and fellow coaches because that is where most of my energy can be trained. Whereas for a therapist, it is, as I said, it's something clinical. So you might be depressed, you might be tensed, or whatnot, whatever may be the case. So that is handled medically, whereas I'm not going to handle anything related to your medical diagnosis. I do not diagnose. I do not ever take cases of clients where I feel they are borderline between coaching and therapy because truth be told, there are a lot of things that can be handled by coaching. But as a licensed certified um, coach, I do not tread past certain boundaries. So when I feel that a client needs this medical prognosis, I immediately divert them to a certain therapist because that is the safest thing to do. We are talking about life, so we do not take risks. So it's always better to get a clinical psychologist perspective before taking on. So this is, in short, the key differences that can happen between a coach and the therapist. And similarly, the difference between the other roles I mentioned is mainly to do with advising and suggesting. Because here, all the work that is done here is the client's own. So it comes from their efforts, their um, willingness to do it, and also the way they set their own goals, which is measurable to them, which is easy for them, which is adaptable to them, which gives them the confidence to take over. So that way, the coach is totally uh, a different role compared to therapist, mentorship, uh, even consultancy, and as well as having a friend. All right. So you explain it pretty beautifully, Shreyas. Now it makes clear sense to me. And I hope that people who are listening to us right now would also be able to make out the difference between um, the different terms here. Also, I would love to say that the thing that you told about having boundaries, that is so important that you don't take leverage of people who don't know the difference between terms or or maybe who are very vulnerable at the moment when they're talking with you. Because I know a lot of people do that. I mean, if I... I if I come to you for, for your coaching or consulting services and maybe I am talks with you about something that's very important to me right now and I'm in a pretty vulnerable state, I would not be able to make out the difference that, okay, now maybe I would need to go to a therapist or maybe now I would need to go to a psychologist. And a lot of people at that point of time, they think uh, with a business mindset, they do not want to, you know, shoo away their clients. Um, so instead, they just keep on following with the person just for the sake of money and that at the end ruins the other person's mental health. So I think mental health is something that is to be taken much more seriously uh, by people as it has been like done right now. I mean, a lot of people don't even talk about it. So let alone, uh, let alone they understand that how important it is and how seriously it needs to be taken. Um, okay, so that is something that was important to put out there. And I'm glad we we're able to do that. All right. So now I would uh, move to another point. So right now you're mentioning that how your clientele mostly, um, you know, is a combination of other coaches and senior executives. And, you know, before recording um, this podcast, you also told me about how 
these days or last last few weeks you have been particularly dealing with uh, people who have been you know talking about the same topic as we are talking about right now you know how to get back into how to increase your productivity when you get back from holidays um so can you just go back to that bit um for a while and let's just uh, uh let our listeners also know the little conversation that we had there and understand that okay how how common it is and how it happens to not just uh students or uh, or, or freelancers but everybody no matter what age or what job or what country you are in in fact for that matter so let's just go back there a bit and share your experiences so with with coaching i mean coach about coaching those people and yeah oh actually this comes up from my own personal experience as well because i was on a spring break for two weeks not too long ago um, and most uh, people that i know or most of my clients are kind of actually coming back from the spring break so for reference i'm staying in germany so i know that it's kind of uh, spring break for most people in europe so this is the time people uh, just take um, time off to unwind and uh, you know ensure that uh, they are rejuvenated because this is this transition between winter and summer where the temperatures actually is kind of um, very conducive to relax and just you know, kind of catch up with some of the personal things you have been doing for long and as we all know the pandemic kind of forced people indoors for an extended period of time so for some it might be a couple of years for some it might be 6 months so irrespective of the varied time frame there was this pent up emotions that was building up because people were feeling burnt out uh, there was loss of creativity and productivity in my clients and most people were just plain old frustrated because they only in europe the rules were quite strict because the pandemic had its um, strong foothold very early on so people were kind of uh, you know not even allowed to go past a certain boundary so that kind of resulted in frustration it kind of resulted in uh, boredom it kind of resulted in lack of um, this uh, jolly vibe that you know when you meet people you get this sense of jolly vibe so it was clearly plain old missing and it was missing in me too because for the last couple of years my job made me you know stuck in one place so as it is i'm kind of stuck in one place and this kind of added pressure on top of it then there were client meetings going on where they started expressing the same feelings so i needed to vent out as well so this is where some of the things that i knew as a coach kind of helped me to get back to the group very quickly so it is not that uh, some of them are experiencing some of them are not even me being a coach i kind of went through the same frustration and the only difference was i, I had the education i had the knowledge i was kind of aware about my own strengths and challenges so this is what i transfer to my clients as well so i make them be aware of some of the strengths that they can use for example if i take my own self the key strength that i used was connectedness so i used this downtime between work to actually jump on social media and that is when i created my account on linkedin i had never been on social media before because i was mostly uh, you know a person who would mingle with people in person rather than meeting them online so this kind of became a easy transition for me so i went on social media created uh, my account started meeting people online through a networking event that i started hosting called coordinates so that helped me tackle most of the issues i mentioned like boredom loss of communication perhaps uh, even engagement 
And then the second strength that I had was responsibility. So me being responsible, I knew how important it was to cater to my own mental health well-being. And I took steps to ensure that it was not compromised irrespective of whatever was happening outside the world. So having this particular understanding, being aware, able to put that into good use, I think that is what brought me back very quick compared to people who are not accustomed to these particular techniques. So that is why I just made it uh, my kind of an alternate employment because who wouldn't want to get paid you know, for doing something that you love? So this was my motivation to start my own coaching business. Then I got certified. I studied for a year and a half. I had to understand various techniques, got my certification, and then started transferring these skills in house within the company, within the team. And they started spreading the word. And that is how I just happened to grow my client base as well. So yes, it is totally normal to feel frustrated. Totally normal if you're finding it very difficult to even take a vacation because times are tough, obviously. But do not let that rob you of the freedoms you can experience with the awareness of your own strengths and challenges. And that is how our conversation is, and that is one of the reasons why we are here on the podcast. Right. So I think the most important point that I would pick here is that knowing that it is normal for, and it is human for everybody to feel it. So as you said that you're a coach yourself and you know uh, the exhibit stuff of, of the deal, you know, how you can take care of things. But even after you take care of everything, these are just feelings. You can never control them. Yes, you can create a process that would help you in maybe understanding those, those feelings better when, you, when you're more aware of what exactly you're feeling, why you're feeling it, how you can probably tackle it. I think that makes things a lot easier as compared to somebody who doesn't even know that what, is, what is happening to them. I mean, how often do we see, I have never heard of somebody going to a coach or, or a consult, consulting, just, just, you know, how, that I want to get back to my work. I, I've never seen somebody talk about that. I, I've never seen people take it as seriously. They would keep on struggling with the problem constantly Okay, it would happen now. Okay, it's okay. After a few days, we will settle down because we won't have any option. We don't have any option. We have deadlines. We have boss and we have work. We'll have to do it. And that is how they get back to work. Um, but now when I felt it, like because ever since this year started, probably I've been pretty busy with my personal life. Um, so then suddenly one day I thought, yaar, why do you have to struggle for everything yourself? Why do we not seek out help for these things when it is available out there? And imagine right now when you are sitting here trying to help us, it is for absolutely free. I mean, obviously it doesn't come for free. If I would come to you in person and I, I would try to seek your services professionally and probably that would be different when you're just having a one-on-one -on -one session. But I think we have so many options these days that, for example, this podcast right now, it would be available out there for everybody to listen to today, tomorrow and forever. Um, and it, it's just super helpful. It's just that we need to be aware that we need it. We need the help and it is available out there and we can get in. There's nothing wrong about it. Um, don't, don't just let people mock you um, and don't take it to heart because that is absolutely unnecessary. So, uh, okay. 
so these few things are sorted here and uh, okay so this this one thing that i would also like to talk about here uh, shreya so i was listening to one of your videos on youtube and there i heard you talking about how at one point in your life it was also kind of difficult for you to really mingle with people or talk with people in masses and groups maybe you were not an extrovert and things like that but when you went into coaching and when you went into li- uh, executive life coaching you said that it was the most profound decision of your life the most Im- informed decision of your life and how it really helped you bounce back into uh, into things and do things differently and look at things differently um so can you tell us how how did that happen i mean yeah just tell us a bit about it yeah, this is this is a very good segue into what you were just talking about which is you do don't have to do anything alone you can definitely seek out help i definitely did not do alone because i sought out a coach for myself so i was also coached so this makes a fair point when i say a coach needs a coach as well so you don't have to do it alone and that was probably one of the things which kind of inspired me very early on because i consider myself to be an external introvert so i don't really um like small talks i don't usually uh, you know talk out of turn i don't like speaking very loosely where my words don't carry any weight so in a sense it was kind of people thought that i wouldn't speak at all but it they knew that whenever i spoke there was this weight that came in and it made people think and for a while i kind of ignored i always felt because my parents told me i was an introvert because i wasn't mingling with my relatives i wasn't talking well with my cousins and that kind of had this limiting belief and an assumption saying that yes i can know how to speak perhaps that was why i was called an introvert but then i took up coaching for myself because this was again an experiment that i did with myself there was a lot of time beginning of pandemic i was just fresh out of my master's graduation there was nothing much that i could do because we were just told to put up in one place not to venture outside but there was ample internet connectivity ample time on hand to reach stuff which is how i came about coaching and then there was this particular coach that kind of attracted my attention where she said there was this particular thing called clifton strengths which helped you be self aware of your own strengths and that combined with my background in research so i love to research because that is what i do for my full time job so that piqued my curiosity and went for coaching so through this particular assessment i came to know about my strengths and then all of a sudden while i was going to some self help book it just realized that we need not see something as a weakness and it turns it just comes out as a weakness only if you're not aware of what it might actually be saying to you so that is where i started looking at weaknesses and converting them into challenges which is one of the core programs that i actually give up so i never called strengths and weakness ever in my coaching uh, or in my personal life i call it strengths and challenges because for every corresponding strength there will always be a particular challenge so as i mentioned i am great at research so what that gives me the strength is i'm good at analytics i can work with numbers so the corresponding challenge that this particular thing brings out is i would be stuck like i would experience paralysis by analysis if i don't have too much numbers to work on which usually is the case when i'm coming out with a new product i don't have any historic data 
So there will be this challenge, right? So people can see it as a weakness if they're not aware of what to do. So what I did was to convert that challenge into something which works for me is to combine it with a different strength, which, as I mentioned earlier, I could connect well with people. So I started connecting with my team. Whenever I felt there was this paralysis happening, I would just go out and seek help. And that help kind of, you know, made this challenge, um, you know, not a big challenge at all. It converted into a strength. And now I had people to talk to. So that overcame my introversion, right? People were telling me I was an introvert. But now I got a chance to kind of get over that introversion. And second, I mitigated the challenge of being stuck. So where is the weakness in all this dynamic? So there was no weakness at all. So weakness is something which I tell is lack of awareness or ignorance about some of the strengths that you have. So that prompted me to kind of um, look at social media, start posting about content uh, research. So I found about uh, 34 different factors that have corresponding strength challenge relationship, which I kind of use in my coaching program, which helps the client have the awareness. And with this own realization that I had, I started, you know, coming out more on social media, started hosting meetings with uh, three random people on LinkedIn. I just sent a Zoom link, asked them to meet up. It was just a 30 minute discussion, you know, trying to get over my insecurities. Um, initially, it was very tough. It wasn't easy to just start having a normal conversation with someone whom you're barely met. It's all online. You don't know what uh, situation that person is in. And slowly that just built up the confidence. So it took almost one year for me to build up the confidence. Then I devoted towards starting a podcast with my coach, um, which is Get Set to Thrive, where you have the information around coaching that I put out. Then I started doing blogs on YouTube um, and doing live shows. I still do some live shows every now and then whenever I find, find time. And that is how you improve. So this in short, or I don't know if it was too long, but that is how uh, things started happening. Okay, no, it was perfect. All right, so for reference, guys, um, Shreyas is so good with numbers and analytics and R&D because he is into R&D. He uh, is a safety engineer at Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> I love that thing about him. And that's just another cool thing about him. I always keep on uh, bugging him about, can you get me discounts at Mercedes <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> but you guys don't do that, okay? All right. Now, going back to what you were saying, Shreyas, I think I it's beautiful how you put it as stress, uh, sorry, strengths and challenges instead of weaknesses. Because I completely agree when you say that something is your weakness unless you're aware about it. Okay. And I have experienced this myself. You know how they talk about a problem that if you just read the question properly, if you just read the question properly, if you just understand what it is trying to ask out of you, that is like half of your problem is solved right there. Most of the times we get frightened right after taking one glance at a question. And I think it's the same case here with the weaknesses. We don't like something. We feel we are not good at something. For example, I always felt that I am very weak at math because I would always score very less at it. That is because I never practiced math. I would always try to learn questions and answers in math. And then again, I was not so good at memorizing as well. So then I would get um, like really poor marks in math. And that made me think all my life that I am very poor at math. When in fact, if I am not good at memorizing, if I don't enjoy memorizing stuff that I cannot really understand, then I should have been instead really good at math because 
you don't really have to memorize anything you just have to understand stuff and that's it there you go until like recently in my life like till last year when i was trying to study for something and then i you know found this amazing youtube channel that explains concept uh, in 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 a, in a very beautiful manner in, in in a manner that i was able to understand it and then oh my god i cannot even tell you the kind of change that i felt in me in my mindset that i felt that oh my god i love math i would have always scored 100 and 100 in math only if i maybe had a different teacher or only if somebody explained things differently to me so now that i'm more aware that okay so math wasn't my my weakness my my thought that i was me weak in math that is that was the problem that was my weakness and now i look at it as a challenge so now it's inspiring for me okay now let's just jump back to the topic here so we were supposed to talk about three techniques to um increase productivity after holidays so initially we talked about a few things that could really help people do that um let's just go back to that is it even possible to uh, you know just wind everything up in three techniques when we talk about this um and if yes then let's just go back there and try to summarize everything in three pointers so that it's easier for people to understand so what would be the first point then the first point um, which is applicable for everyone is to actively plan your return just as you plan your vacation so have a plan of uh, return in addition to your vacation and have a plan to return back to office so that's the first point the second point is to factor in some triage wherein you have you just get over this tendency to catch up with all the emails catch up with all the meetings right when you step into your office or right when you log on if you're working from home and kind of push it towards later in the day or at least give a days break the third thing is to use your out of office response maximize its potential and see that you delivered the precise information don't be too honest just the right and relevant information which will just divert some of your emails and some of the calls that you get to persons of you, the person who is a replacement to you and finally just purge your inbox right after you return from your vacation because that is kind of known to restart your return on a very good note but if you can't do that just ignore it keep it aside and focus on these three techniques which i'm sure will help you maximize your productivity and the interest that you show back at work right after the vacation all right sure so i just uh, keep on missing out on the second term that you say uh, can you just repeat it for me please um is it the triage like, yeah that uh, I, i yeah i'm just not getting it are you saying triage mm-hmm. or it's t r a t r i a g e triage is uh okay. something like uh, you prioritize you know what is important and what is not so you kind of protect the time that you have set aside uh, not caught get caught up with meetings presentations you know so you just kind of push it back so triage is actually a medical term wherein they kind of categorize patients on the account of severity so they kind of get into the patients that are most likely to be saved so you do the same with your meeting so you kind of push everything as much as possible so that you attend to things that require your immediate attention and then later on get back to meetings your presentations and what not 
Okay, that makes sense. I'm glad to have found this word. So it is going into my dictionary. <laughs> I'm always scouting for some amazing words. And I have started thinking of where exactly I'm going to use that. Okay. So, right. So three things that you just told, I think, sums it all up. I think, but the one thing that I would like to mention here is that we need to inculcate these habits into our into our daily lives. Um, this is not something that we can like do once and then forget about it because then this is something that is going to happen all your life. You're not going to be sitting here just after one vacation or two vacations. Um, and I think if we just develop these things into habits, obviously it's going to take a bit of time because any habit building any habit takes uh, some amount of time. But these are not very difficult things to do. These are very tiny things to do that some of them we are like we might already be be we might already be doing some of these things. It's just that maybe we need to do it in a more better way in a more precise way and be aware about these things more. So that is how we create a process. And once you create a process for anything, be it for writing, be it for recording, be it for talking, I think that makes things a whole uh, a whole lot easier. Uh, so I think I'm glad that we are able to cover <laughs> so much um, in, the just, in just three techniques. And thanks to you for that. All right. So before I wind up today's podcast, guys, I'll just uh, like to mention a few things here. So guys, I'll put down a link to Shreya's Twitter profile. So in case you want to reach out to him for a professional one-on-one -on -one session, or if you have any questions, any further questions or queries uh, regarding this podcast, you can just uh, make a tweet and tag us on Twitter. We are totally fine with that. Or just drop a message to me or to Shreya's. Apart from that, you'll find the links to his podcast, to his newsletter, and all his services right there in his Twitter profile. So I'll attach the link in the description. Make sure you check it out. And then again, guys, it's very simple. If you don't implement these things, they're not going to help you. So I am going to begin with the first one that is actively plan your return. I don't ever do that. I mean, I as soon as I know that, okay, there's a trip coming or there's some some shadi coming, some party coming, I am only thinking about what am I going to wear, going to be wearing at that party and stuff like that. I'm entirely planning about my, my vacation or the party but i'm not planning anything about my return and i think that is exactly why i dread so much after coming back from the vacation that i hate to even look at my emails and that is again i think one very important point that do not just look at all your emails work emails right after you're back from your holiday because that is just going to scare you even more and then you'll be absolutely hating to go back to work even more so make these little little changes and i think we're gonna we are we're good um and i i will try to do that you also try to do that and uh, i think that's about it so any any closing notes shreyas uh, you just summed it up very well so implementation taking action is kind of if you're uh, aware of the tweets i put out so it's all based on taking action so without action your goals are meaningless so you summed it up very well so that's pretty much uh, what needs to be done next after listening to the podcast take action all right, guys, so now you know it. So if you guys enjoyed the podcast, you know what to do. Just go and give us a shout out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, wherever. Just join join the newsletter because we are sharing awesome stuff there. I also have a newsletter. It goes by the name The Edgy Newsletter. And then Stress also has one. Um, you'll find all the links below. So make sure to check out the description. And uh, show some love, you people. You know how hard I'm trying to keep this podcast alive because I haven't even unpacked and I'm recording this podcast for you. Even when I could have just gone to Shreyas and said that, bro, like, dude, I need your help. Let's just talk because he's a friend. He wouldn't have said no. It's too sweet <laughs> to say no. Um, but yes. 
so just go and tell people that if you enjoy the podcast or if there's any other topic that you want me to take up because so um, any important topic i'm doing this for you people and not for any other matter so any topic you want me to take up i'll be happy to take it up just drop a message or let me know somehow and i think we're good all right then see you in the next episode uh, that'll be coming by the end of this month because it's like two two podcasts per month and i'll try to remain as consistent as possible okay then i'll see you in the next podcast thank you so much for listening to us and adios to guests